Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm waiting to tell the story about how I lost tens of thousands of dollars stolen from me. And before the podcast, before we started to record, Greg gave me the opportunity to vent for a good four or five minutes. If I had a radio show, I would share the story because I feel like it's an unbelievable story from beginning to end. But hell yeah, I said, Greg vented. Now I feel like I'm ready to talk about the Patriots. He's Greg. I'm Nick. You know what this is. Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. This episode brought to you by just like every other one. FanDuel, the exclusive wagering part of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet. All right. Needless to say, Greg, we have a ton to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the news in the morning. Bill Belichick getting a second interview, which is kind of interesting to me that uh, not only does Belichick interview, now he's going to have a second. He's going to have a follow-up interview uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Just your thoughts on what's happening in Atlanta and, uh, you know, Belichick going for a follow-up interview would tell me, I don't know if it tells you, that this thing's getting pretty close. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, as we talked about before, I always thought that Atlanta had the – that they would be the the strongest team in all this at the end of the day. Um, I think that it's a good opportunity. I, I didn't think – I understand the reaction and – you know, Nick, you know this better than anybody from, you know, being in talk radio and how, you know, everything's like the reaction the next day. Everything's, you know, over the top. We all know, you oh, yeah. know Monday mornings <laughs> after NFL games is just like it's a wasteland of, you know, panic and it's just overreaction. And so, you know, the Cowboys did what the Cowboys did and the conventional wisdom. I mean, you know, just about everybody's like, you have to fire Mike McCarthy and all that. And the whole time, I mean, even going into this, it was interesting that that uh, Jerry Jones did not give McCarthy a vote of confidence going into the playoffs. Basically, he said, like, we're going to need to see how the playoffs go. And then they were a complete disaster. So I can understand why people thought that that might be coming. To me, I thought when they stepped back and looked at it, you know, McCarthy's 12 and 5 every year. Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career. The Cowboys obviously believe in Dak have paid Dak. And if you fire Mike McCarthy and now, you know, we're into the whole offensive coordinator play caller cycle with a, with a quarterback thing that we talked about with the Patriots and with Gerard Mayo and going forward, which we'll talk about. Um, it just doesn't work. Like, it, you know, if, if you believe in the quarterback position and, and you get somebody who's an offensive coordinator or a head coach, who's uh, an offensive type coach and the quarterback's playing well, it's hard just to toss that aside because of all the ramifications that come with, if you make a change, if you promote Dan Quinn, um, you know, what's his offense look like? Who's going to be his play caller? If it's Bill Belichick, is it Josh McDaniels? Is it Bill O'Brien? Now it's the Patriots system in Dallas. Like, you know, so I always thought, and I think we termed it before this, Nick, as 
Bill sort of has the Atlanta Falcons in his back pocket. And I think it's a really good opportunity for Bill. I know, and we'll see, look, the Falcons still, before they can name Bill Belichick, and they need to make this look right, they can't have a bunch of leaked reports about how Bill Belichick's going to be the next head coach when they haven't uh, interviewed any minority candidates, as far as we know, which they have to interview too. Um, I was under the impression that, you know, Monday after the divisional round is when you can do my in-person minority interviews or any interviews with somebody who's currently working in the NFL. The Raiders got around that by talking to two candidates, Chris Richard and um, Leslie Frazier, who aren't currently employed. I think that's kind of going around. It. It's kind of missing the point <laughs> of of the whole Rooney rule. You're supposed to talk to minority candidates who are the next people. That's the whole point yeah. of it. So the Falcons, they can't. Uh, they can't be seen to be doing anything that, that would indicate that Bill has the job. Uh, but I do think that this is a strong possibility for Bill. I think that the Falcons would give him a lot that they that they want. I think the roster is pretty good. I think he'd have um, free run of the place to sort of tweak things how he wants, wholesale uh, changes as far as the coaching staff if he wants. And, you know, no, I'm sure not a lot of people have been out the flowery branch where the Falcons are located. But – the the place is awesome now it's not as modern as some of the other places and it's been a few years since i've been there but i mean this is out in the middle of nowhere they yeah. have their own building they have their own indoor facility they have their own practice fields they have their own apartments for the players to stay at during training camp and the coaches if they want to go over there and stay you just walk across the practice field it's right there i mean i could see this for bill belichick plus you know the weather down in atlanta you could play golf you know whenever you want i you know i could see that set up and Arthur Blank is a hands-off type of guy. I could see this being a very uh, – the type of position that Bill Belichick could get excited about. And I know – look, and I also say sorry to the Mike Felgers of the world who don't think it's sexy enough and it's – you know, they said the same sort of thing about Brady and the Bucks. But, look, the division stinks. They're a quarterback away. Pretty talented roster. It's a, it's a team on the upswing. There's a lot to like there if you're Bill Belichick. Can you win a Super Bowl? Can you break Don Shula's record with the Falcons? Hell yeah, just like Tom Brady did with the Bucks. Found it telling that uh, also, according to these reports, that Terry Fontenot, the GM of the Falcons, and Rich McKay, the CEO of the Falcons, will also be a part of this second interview. And uh, I would love to be a fly on that wall. I'd have to imagine that's Belichick saying um, – uh, I get all the power and then we'll see how it goes with the other two guys and how they respond to that. That that's what I envision and how that's going to play out as far as Belichick moving on. If he does go to Atlanta, how does that affect things here in new England? Greg, could, could we possibly see a mass exodus of staff coaching wise front office wise, everything wise. So in talking to, uh, a lot of let's just say this um, in in the wake of Gerard Mayo's press conference yesterday, I heard from a lot of people in Belichick world that were not exactly thrilled. Oh, wow. That yeah, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm just I know. that's my that's my I, initial I, reaction. I, wah. I know I, I'm just a conduit. Like, I'm not saying who's right, who's <laughs> wrong. I'll just say, um, look, my my job is to convey information. To the people and then they do with the information what they want um yeah they were not happy with the press conference um they from my understanding and this is their opinions and i don't know um 
but they think that I, I know some of the some of the people have said I've already had guys on the staff reach out to me saying like look if if you're going with Bill have them put in a request to interview me and stuff like that I think I think uh, I had to go back on my notes I'm not sure if the, I think the thought is a lot of guys have one more year left on their contract I know that the Patriots tried to sign people beyond this year i think they wanted a lot of people under contract just like bill was under contract to 2024 mayo was on under contract through 2024 further illustrating that this was really supposed to happen at the earliest after uh the 2024 season i think a lot of assistants on the staff are probably signed through that time i think some of them refused that because they they weren't exactly sure what was going on but uh the belief, and I've been trying to figure out, talking to people like, all right, who's Team Mayo? Who do you think is definitely staying? You know, like uh, I would figure that at Demarcus Covington, who's um, been one of their best defensive assistant coach, would certainly be part of Mayo staff. I, I don't know that. I haven't heard otherwise. But the the indication that I get is that, at least from the perspective of Belichick world, that a lot of people aren't happy with the current situation and we'd be looking to go with bill to Atlanta. And there's also a lot of scuttlebutt in league circles that bill would be putting together his quote unquote, um, you know, dream team of coaches, basically like, you know, everybody from new England, people with the Raiders who were with McDaniels, especially the offensive side of the ball who probably won't be retained that they'll all end up the best of the best will 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 end up with Bill and in, in wherever he goes. Let's just say Atlanta. Uh, there's been scuttlebutt about Josh McDaniels being sort of like an assistant head coach, um, maybe taking a step back from play calling and things like that. Bill O'Brien being the offensive coordinator, uh, Matt Patricia being the defensive coordinator, Joe Judge special teams, and I, Mike Giardi uh, reported this the other day at Boston Sports Journal that. And it's something both of us hadn't even considered, but at least um, one league source, you know, gave forth the opinion that, or at least they heard that Macro and Elliot Wolf could be, both be going with Bill Belichick wherever he goes. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of things up in the air, a lot, a lot of stuff being talked about, but I do think certainly there are people who have been with the Patriots for some time that think that there could be a mass exodus with Bill if he lands somewhere. Go one word. Good. Get him out. Get him out. Purge him. Purge the organization of Belichick loyalists. Get out. If you're crying in your Kleenex because of that press conference yesterday, I have absolutely zero sympathy for you. Get out. Go to Atlanta. Find a nice apartment or condo in Buckhead and get out. The last thing Gerard Mayo needs is a bunch of Belichickian loyalists running around that building. And if they don't like what Mayo had to say yesterday, then fine, leave. That's how this works. And I understand that this is the football world, and, and I get all oh, sports are different, but this is how it works. When new leadership comes into the building, you're either on the same page and you're willing to work with that new leader or you leave and you go to a different company. This is what happens. You're either in or you're out. This is unconditional, folks. I want people in that building that are only 100% with every fiber of their being behind Gerard Mayo. Because the last thing that Mayo needs with his laundry list of things he's got to figure out already 
The last thing that guy needs is a bunch of backstabbing, crybaby Belichick loyalists. So go to Bill. Go to Bill. If you're afraid of new thought, if you're new, if you're afraid of things being different, then go. Don't don't embrace the unknown or the unpredictable. Don't embrace new. Go live in your shell with the Belichickians and have fun. Purge them all, Greg. Purge them all. Take the dream team. Come up with cute little T-shirts. You can walk around in the building. We know Joe Judge loves coming up with corny-ass T-shirts and sweaters. Put him in the sweater department. He can he can create all the merchandise, and you guys can all walk around and hold <laughs> each other's hands. And at the end of practices, you can sit around a fire and share stories of the Belichick brotherhood. I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. And by the way, I know it, it's popular in the last 24 hours about, oh, Mayo took a bunch of shots. Here's what I would say. This is my, my opinion, obviously, my opinion only. When you're the new guy in town, your job is to draw the line of demarcation. Your job is to explain to people how you are going to be different, especially when all we've heard about Gerard Mayo from several people is, Oh, he's just going to be another Belichick guy. Mayo had to make it a priority yesterday to say, this is how I'm going to be different than the last guy. And by explaining how you're going to be different, it's not always a shot at that other person, especially when you're being asked about how you're going to do things differently, Greg. Yeah. um, Look, you know, I certainly enjoyed that rant. Tell me how you really feel (laughs) about things. Um, uh, I, I think there's certain uh, there's certainly validity uh, to what you're talking about. Now, I will say this, um, just to put the shoe on the other foot, um, sort of the way Mayo conducted himself, um, the Thunder nickname, um, some of the shots at Bill, and, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, if you were looking at it from a certain perspective, and you know, it would definitely, it would definitely go towards the belief by some people, and I'm not saying I believe this, but certainly people have told me this, that that you know this had been in the works for a while. That that Mayo was angling for this. That that Mayo was, you know, in quote unquote informing on Bill, you know, with ownership that he was talking with ownership about what Bill was doing, what he wasn't doing right that he's going to be a quote unquote puppet for the for for the for the owners um instead of you know being a problem like bill was a thorn in their side like the, you know a lot of the, i would say the press conference did nothing to you know sway people who believe that away from that i'm not saying that's right i'm not saying it's factual but there's certainly people who believe that i get that my message to those people don't finish 4 and 13 like, are we going to dump everything on Mayo and oh his contract and this was in the works and he was having the Robert Kraft wouldn't care about Gerard Mayo calling him Thundercat Kitty Cat he wouldn't care about any of that if this team won football games the reason why Mayo is at the dais yesterday talking to the media is not because he had this in his contract it's because Bill Belichick failed he failed the offense and they finish 4-13. and 13. Look in the mirror. I'm so sick and tired of hearing this, this infighting. These petulant children. Move on. You won four football games this year. 
That's why you lost your job. You had three losing seasons out of the last four. Not Gerard Mayo's fault. His defense played well last time I checked. Like, just stop with the the, the pointing fingers. He th- oh, well, you know, this was all done. He used to walk around with a tiny baseball bat in meetings. Give me a break. The reason why you don't have a job here in New England or you're worried about your job is because you guys were a bad football team. It's as simple as that. Like, it, that, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. All right, let's get to uh, Robin Glazer from Phil Perry. Glazer was named the Patriots executive vice president of football business and senior advisor to the head coach. Previously, Glazer served as New England's senior vice president of business affairs and a blah, blah, blah. She has been a senior executive with the craft group since 2007. Greg, of course, this caught people's eyeballs yesterday because of the Seth Wickersham, Wright Thompson story. And I'll Mm -hmm. go to that excerpt quickly here for people who might be living under a rock. Wickersham and Thompson wrote that Kraft and Glazer would chat with the staff off to the side, asking why the head coach had made certain decisions. The subtext of the conversations was that life in Gillette might be different soon. Word leaked around the office that if Belichick were gone in 2024, football operations would be split between Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. Patriots coaches and executives thought that the Kraft's Meddling has got everyone spun around, quote, unquote. All right, Greg. So, again, people took notice. Are we reading too much into this? Um, yes and no. Um, look, anytime somebody from that's aligned with ownership is now, what's her title? Senior advisor to the head coach. It's going to raise eyebrows. Um, you know, I will say that, and, and, you know, we'll get into this when we talk about Mayo and, and sort of the lack of, he didn't really have much of a vision for the football team and how, how it's going to be going, you know, a little bit later on. But I think that, I think that on one hand, this is, you're worried about this because this is, this is basically ownership saying like, you know, this person is going to be your right-hand man, could be similar to Bears Nigerian with, uh, with Belichick. Um, I think she's going to, she's going to provide a, a bunch of different roles. Um, she has been involved in the salary cap and, and sort of contracts in previous years. She's extremely smart. Um, I will say on the positive side, um, if you want to look at it that way, that it seems to me, that I think the crafts from being around and being around, you know, Bill Parcells and 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 um, Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, um, they understand they understand the scope of the job. They understand that Gerard Mayo, in many ways, is not ready for this job and all the responsibilities. Like I don't think he has really any idea of what he's in for. From talking to some some people who used to be. Uh, you know, head coaches around the league and, and sort of talking to them about like, you know, how, you know, what weren't you prepared for that type of thing? I mean, there are so many different things that go in with being a head coach that I'm not really sure Gerard knows yet. He very, might very well know. I don't know. But I think what the crafts are doing it, to, to look at this, this glass half full is that they understand that how big this job is, 
how you know somebody told me that they're going to need five people to do what Bill Belichick did. Well, maybe Robin Glazer takes a job or two of those. And I think what the what the crafts are going to do is surround Gerard Mayo with people that can help him be the best version of himself as a head coach. And, and you know, that's encouraging. I'm sure it'll be threatening to some people and, and curious to a lot of people. But I do think that's that's a definite possibility on why this is happening. Try to put it all together. And, and to me, it's just here's how I feel. It's all obviously speculation and opinion. Jonathan Kraft's going to be more involved. How much more involved? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Slightly more involved, much more involved. We'll see. I think Glazer is going to administratively help Mayo. I also think, as you said, she'll help with the details and some of this stuff that Mayo, quite frankly, doesn't really have time to deal with right now. But I I think it'd be naive, Greg, to not believe that Glazer and Jonathan Kraft will have Gerard Mayo's ear. And at times, at times, they will try to influence Mayo. The million dollar Mm -hmm. question is whether or not Mayo will allow them to influence him. Will he be influenced or will he say, I appreciate the suggestion. I appreciate the information, the opinion, but we're going to go this way. That's the most important thing that will stand on his own, Greg. Well, yeah, and I also think um, one thing that I meant, meant to bring up and one thought that I've had, and who knows, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And like we've talked about before, like the Patriots have made their choice and, you know, there'll be some reporting here coming up on, you know, sort of the remnants of, you know, what went on and and how people feel about certain, certain things and how people feel about Mayo. But as at a certain point in time, it's, you know, especially like once the new, new league year starts, it's like, you know, we talked about it before. You start at zero and now we're going to grade you just like anybody else. And, uh, you know, the Patriots have made their choice. You know, there's some thought that I, I certainly had this thought that, okay, the Crafts did this with Mayo thinking that he was X, that he was somebody that could, they could, if not control, at least influence and all that. But what if he's Frankenstein? What if like they, <laughs> what if one, once he's empowered, he says, yeah, Thanks, but no thanks or, or, you know, p- plays them lip service, but really like he just run, runs rogue that he's just sort of like a, you know, little bill in a lot more words and a lot better uh, packaging. So I think that what I will add this, um, Nick, to give some context to Robin Glazer and sort of how closely she's going to be working with Gerard Mayo. I've heard from people that in terms of filling out a staff, talking to people internally, whether they're going to stay on or not, whether they have any interest, which I think there's a, there's a lot of questions about that. A lot of those phone calls have been conducted via speakerphone with Gerard Mayo and Robin Glazer, both on the phone at the same time. This isn't just Gerard calling up, you know, whoever and being like, Hey, so what's the deal? You in or out? No, Robin Glazer's on the phone. And I was also told that Robin Glazer and Mayo together we're starting to prepare for this in certain aspects before the season was over, uh, which goes to the rubbing people the wrong way. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use. I use it all the time. Love it. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. 
make a parlay in the parlay hub the best ways to find popular parlays i love those parlays that's the way to go and more so visit fanduel.com boston and make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the nfl must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas City under an agreement with Kansas City Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit cpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. All right, Greg, let's uh, jump into the press conference from yesterday. A lot to sift through. Just your general reaction to the press conference in whole. It was 40 minutes long, beginning to end. What'd you think? Uh, so in many respects, I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it was good. Um, as far as my perspective as a working media member, I, I didn't love the format. Um so, you know, just a little inside baseball stuff for people, the way they did it. First of all, they had it in that new whatever atrium that they have inside yeah. the the Schmenzer, um, which is, be- <laughs> by the way, a beautiful place. It was it was tremendous. Obviously, that was part of it. Um, you know, the, I think there's there's a lot of selling going on. Um, Mayo is a lot more friendly to sponsors and other things. And so I think. Gerard Mayo, there's no question as far as a person and as a head coach, he is much more business friendly for the crafts than the former guy. Um, so the way it was set up, it was in that atrium. Um, that's somewhat unusual. Normally it's in the auditorium where they had Belichick's thing. That's normally like a media setting. So this wasn't about the media. This was a, and I understand it. Look, it was a, so they had it. They had it in the atrium. We had our press conference with both Robert Kraft and Gerard Mayo. Jonathan Kraft was previously announced, supposed to be on part of this. He was not there. John uh, Bob said that it was because he had uh, business to tend to with the Kraft group. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I really believe that. Um, I think it was more of a reaction to the reports from Seth Wickersham and myself about how people think he's going to be actively involved, uh, sort of like, you know, basically the the, the president of football operations. Um, so I think he made himself scarce for that reason. But so they they did the joint press conference and then they did pictures with Gerard and his family. And then Gerard did one-on-ones with national TV outlets and Boston TV outlets. Yep. Um, I think he also did an interview with 98.5, the sports hub. He which did. They didn't think they were going to get, but he they ended up getting um, nothing off to the side for the print 
media, um, which is kind of unusual. So, look, um, if I would have done it, if they were asking my advice to them, I would have I, I would have gotten with the media and said, this is the way it's going to work. This press conference, and by the way, Gerard's whole family is there, his grandparents are there, his family's there, his brothers, his nieces, nephews, kids, you know, everybody's there. There were sponsors there. There were teammates there. Like, look, I understand. He needs his moment. It's a coronation. I get it. Like, you know, he's worked hard for this. I understand. Uh, let us have a moment in the sun. But, I mean, it gets a little awkward when, you know, I, you know, like the question I asked about, you know, I had to ask Robert Kraft with Gerard Mayo standing, sitting right there saying, well, why didn't you do a coaching search? Why, you know, yeah. you had the opportunity to do that. I mean, it's a little awkward, even though, you know, I have a job to do. But if they're asking my advice, I would have done, hey, we're going to do the coronation press conference about a half hour. Anything um, to Gerard, anything to um, Robert Kraft about Gerard, let's do that. Then we're going to break up into um, we're going to have Robert answer uh, questions with or without cameras. I don't really care. Um, you know, Mayo's going to have his own thing when you get to, you know, ask more pointed football questions about coordinators and things like that. And you can ask Kraft about team spending. Like I had a whole list of like 12 questions that I wanted to ask. And, um, you know, and then sort of breakout so that, that the print media didn't get their own breakout to ask sort of pointed questions was a little, that doesn't usually happen. So I didn't love the setup, but in terms of the overall press conference, you know, I, I thought it was good, but look, I'm a football guy. To me, it was very much lacking in football talk. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, maybe you should just pull the Dan Roach and ask every single one of your questions in the one question you had. <laughs> <laughs> or Tom, Tom Curran got two questions. Our guy, our guy, Dan Roach, one of the nicest people in the business, just fired off a handful of questions. All right, let, let's start. Yes. I'll just I'll just run through some of the uh, general topics that were discussed. Greg, get your thoughts on them. First, the personnel department. What would you think? Uh, well, I thought it was I thought it was interesting, and in, in, in that Kraft at at the end basically did say that at some point they will have one person who's the final say. Yeah. And um, you know, there's the thought that, and look, let, let me just make this general comment about like a lot of what they talked about or didn't talk about. Um, you could certainly read it as these guys don't really know exactly what they're doing yet. A part of me wonders, do they know exactly what they're going to do? And they're just not saying jack crap about it. Like, yeah. do they do they have it in their mind that they're going to name a general manager? They already have it in their mind who it is. It's outside the building. They're playing nice. Um, you know, do they know who the offensive coordinator is going to be? Or at least they're going to interview for offensive coordinators. But, you know, as far as I know, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds about it, but I do think there's a bit of a face-off between Bill O'Brien and the Patriots about, you know, what's going on there. Um, you know, if that's the case, look, I understand it, but I'm also disappointed by it. It's just like the succession contract language. Like, it's been there. Why didn't you announce it? Why play games? Why does Bill Bell, why does Robert Kraft go on NFL Network and say, like, Gerard Mayo could be the heir apparent, but we have a lot of really good people on staff. Or Gerard Mayo does an interview during the season 
asked about being a head coach and he, and he talks about, yeah, I'd love to be a head coach. I don't know if it's going to be here. It could be anywhere. Well, the hell are you talking about it's in your freaking contract that as soon as bill's done you're the head coach in the new england patriots like why all the secrecy and and you know maybe that didn't you know help things and so you know are are the crafts and mayo just laying in wait that they know exactly what they're going to do they're just not telling us and look that's their prerogative it's their team it's his job uh but i i do it, it's just it's a little odd to me as far as not talking about the contract language publicly, I don't have much of an issue with that. I think you could say they were afraid of the distraction and they still out of respect to Belichick did not want to go out there and say something. Cause once you say something publicly, then it's out there, then Belichick's facing questions and, and then their the chaos breaks out. So did chaos break out behind the scenes because of it certainly didn't help. But again, if they were winning football games, I don't think it would have been a bleep show. I do think, though, as far as, you know, some of the some of the coy that we saw being played yesterday. The other thing I'd say about Robin Glazer is just tell people like you're up there. You know that this is going to come out. I'm sure Phil found out from somebody with the team. Right. So if mm. it's if it's going to come out after the press conference, just say it during the press conference. Somebody asked a direct question. I don't know who it was, but they asked, you know, hey, hey, Gerard, have you figured out who's going to be your Bears yet? And they kind of just laughed it off with a non-answer. Like, why not just address it there and just tell everybody? Right. I, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't like that. Um, yeah, I don't like how there's this, you know, there's certain nuggets about what, you know, certain aspects about the business, Patriots business in regards to Gerard Mayo that are just like, you know, coming out like here and there. Like, I, you know, do, do they want a new future? Uh, do they want a more open future and a team, their, their team back in their hands or not? Or are we going to get selective leaks here and there? I found it interesting. Michael Holly said on uh, NBC Sports Boston, he feels like a new GM's coming in, whether it's a title of a GM or whatever. He feels like somebody from the outside's coming in. That, that's, that's how he took some of the answers yesterday from Robert Kraft. But he feels like somebody from the outside is coming in, and they fe- and he feels like they probably already know who that is. I-, I do think, though, people look at yesterday's press conference as if nothing was said. I would disagree with that. We'll get into the Mayo stuff. But as far as the front office stuff, I agree with you, Greg. Like, Robert came out yesterday and said, we're going to appoint somebody. Okay. He said, we're not only gonna, going to appoint somebody, we're going to appoint somebody before the key decisions have been uh, will have to be made. Mm-hmm. So he told you... Someone's getting the number one job that will be known before free agency at the very latest. He also talked about the marketplace speaking to external candidates. So I I do think he gave us something there. I I really do. Um, Let's go to Mayo. When Mayo was asked about the offense, the quarterback position, offensive coordinator, not a lot of detail, Greg. Yeah. And, um, Look, I like I said, I, I think there are some behind the scenes things going on. So I think Mayo maybe had to be careful about uh, what he said about, you know, offense coordinator and things like that. Um, uh, I think it's to me, it was pretty clear that, um, you know, that they're going in another direction at offensive coordinator. You know what that means, how wide Burt Breer thinks it's you know wide open could be anybody from any scheme you know that's awesome i mean look at the end of the day if you told people that they have uh you know a new gm 
who's been someplace else and had a lot of success and a new offensive coordinator from a system like Kyle Shanahan's, I think people would be tickled pink about that. So, you know, maybe in a month we're talking about that. And that very well could be the case. The only thing that I, I didn't love, and look, I think it's quite clear from not only the way Gerard Mayo talked about the lack of leadership and finger pointing and things like that. Uh, not only that, but also talking to people behind the scenes, I think Mac Jones is definitely gone. And I will tell you just a side note, there's a lot of people who found it very comical that Mac showed up the other day, like sort of portraying like, Oh, he's in the building, like working out and maybe he is. But uh, I was told that he completely cleared out his locker, like the day after the final game, Um, not even like a hanger left in his locker. And so people found it funny that it was that, that he was there and, in his workout gear and stuff like that. So I don't know. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that, yeah, Mac Jones is not going to be here anymore. Um, my my thing about what I didn't like about Mayo's press conference is like, and I've been through a lot of these in my career covering the NFL, is I just want to, I just want some sort of inclination. I just want some sort of hint about what you believe about, a football team. What's important to your football team? Yep. Um, you know, what What do you believe in offense? Do you believe in ball control? Do you believe in new way, new age offense? Mayo made reference to how the NFL has changed uh, since he got in the league in 2008. Hallelujah. At least somebody in that building said that <laughs> and acknowledged that. You know, we say it here and it's just like, oh, you guys hate Bill. Um, like, it's just it's a fact. So, okay, that's fine. But like, give me a vision for, do you think like speed is important? Do you think speed is important on defense? Um, how important do you think special teams are? There was no like vision. And again, maybe he's playing coy. Maybe he knows all this stuff. Maybe he has all this stuff written down. I could tell you when Bill got here from his experience in Cleveland, he had basically like a book, like, this is what we believe. This is what we believe at every position. This is what uh, our our philosophies are. This is what we're going to do. Does Mayo have that, or is he just going by the seat of his pants? If it's the latter, um, that's troublesome for me. It felt like there was a lot of word salad, a lot of marketing, business-like answers to <clears throat> questions that people wanted definitive explanations for and it, it, it I, I agree with you that the most disappointing part of the press conference was I don't think it's inability lack of desire lack of willingness to give us much of anything as far as how he sees the game what's your mm-hmm. vision Gerard as you've said Greg that's a great word I also say what's your identity what you can get into that. You, you don't have to give every single solitary detail, but give us an idea as far as philosophically, how do you see the game of football in 2024? What is your direction for this team? It's great. And I get it. Culture and all of those things. It's obvious that Mayo had a, had a few things he wanted to get out there. It's obvious he wanted people to know that there were problems in the building last year that the culture had started to wear down a little bit for whatever reason. And not everybody was on the same page and not everybody was working towards the ultimate goal. 
and he wanted to get that stuff across. The culture was fractured. I'm not Bill Belichick. I'm not married to this staff. I, I think those are the three pillars that Mayo was was looking to deliver yesterday. And an intro press conference, I said this on my podcast today. You can check it out, Nick Cattle Show. Um, but I said this on the press con- uh, not that, on the podcast today. It's like uh, your your first college course if you went to college, even high school. It's like your first day of class. Like the intro, the first day of class, the intro to 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 what to expect. It's like here are the expectations that I expect from you, students. Mm-hmm. We don't get into the nitty gritty of the curriculum. It's an introduction. It's an introduction to algebra two hundred five. Yesterday was an introduction to Gerard Mayo. I think culturally separating himself from the last guy and letting you know that the staff, it's not just going to be Bill Belichick 2.0. Really, that's what he was trying to do. But I do think he could have given us a little bit more, especially from like, you know, the 30,000 foot view, as I like to say, of the identity, the vision, the direction. He could, and that, and that was disappointing to say the least. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I, I completely agree with that. I, I just think that, like, look, you know, he I understand and trust me, I coach myself and, um, you know, it, coaching it doesn't matter what level you're coaching at. It, it you it, a lot of it is at least in the same in terms of like you're trying to reach people, you're trying to lead people. So I like I love what Gerard had to say about all that stuff and gardener and the watering the vegetables and you know all that stuff i i understand that that's somewhat important i wonder how much how how important it is at the nfl level you know maybe it is i i I don't know when you just see you know bill belichick who's the greatest of all time uh, didn't really care about that stuff he was like this is your job do it this is what you get paid kind of work for the patriots but anyways but my thing was he's talking all about this stuff and about people and motivating them and listening to them and reaching younger players and stuff like that. That's great and all. And I understand that that can be important and that might be the X factor that makes Gerard better than um, a lot of us think he's going to be. But at the end of the day, how the F are you going to win football games? Like, what do you believe? What do you believe in scheme? How much are you guys going to – are you going to have an advantage in that area? Are you going to dictate games? Are you going to be aggre- – do you believe in being aggressive? Are you going to wait for, you know, teams to fail? Are you going to play bend but don't break? Like, how are you going to win football games? Like, you can talk about all the, the people skills you want in leadership and stuff like that. That only goes so far, especially in the National Football League. It comes down to a lot – talent, X's and O's – having a tactical advantage, all that stuff. And it was just, it was very light on that. I want to be fair before we move on, because I want to get your thoughts on the head coaching search answer from Robert yesterday. But to be fair, Gerard did say a number of times, it's too early to get into that. We'll have time to get into that. So he did leave the door open to, to giving a little bit more, you know, description of what's going on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I do wonder, Greg, is Mayo not getting into the meat and potatoes just yet? Because he's going to leave that up to his coordinators. He, From what I've read and from what I've watched and listened to, Mayo's uh, open-minded, and he's kind of all about leaving the door open, so to speak. And maybe this is Mayo's way of, I'm not going to get into that right now because it's like the title talk. He believes in titles outside the building. He doesn't believe in titles inside the building. Some were confused by that. I wasn't. What he's saying is, if guys want to move on to bigger and better things, titles mean something on the outside. On the inside, it's just, this is what we're doing. Let's focus on that. I do. Part of me wonders if Mayo did not get into great detail because he wants to give his coordinators ownership of that. He wants those guys to go out there and say, this is what we're going to do. And Mayo will be with them, maybe at the time, but he'll put it in their hands to clearly define what they are on each side of the football. I would say that could be possible. I will I will say that scares me to death, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, Sorry, because look, as an he was an NFL coach in waiting. You need a vision, right, for what your football team is going to look like. You right. need it. You, you just do. I agree. I mean, and I I was just going back, and I think what I'll do, you know, now from talking to you about this for this weekend, I'm probably going to go back through. The opening uh, introductory press conferences for Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryan's, other sort of, you know, former players and see what they had to say. You know, maybe Gerard was, you know, but I have a, I mean, look, Dan Campbell without, and we're talking about another guy who's, look, he got coordinators. He's a CEO head coach, which I think Gerard is going to be, um, you know, but he, there's no question he had a vision when he got for his football team, biting right. kneecaps physically how they're going to fight about how you know we talked about how he's going to scour the country for coordinators and assistant coaches and how he believed in bringing back like former players like he taught this guy had a vision the worry is that Gerard didn't have a vision his only vision was trying to get to the head job like I just I hope he was I hope what you're saying is true that he's playing coy and that maybe he's laying back that he really knows what he's doing but if he's leaving it up to like the identity of the offense and the identity of the defense is going to be up to the coordinators who could come and go and get head coaching jobs. To me, that scares me to death. I want a head coach with a clear vision on how he wants to play offense, how he wants to play defense and the internal makeup of the players that he wants. Right, I, I, I'm not sure if I clearly explain what I was trying to say here. It's not that he doesn't have a vision. It's not that he doesn't have an idea of what he wants to do. It's more of he wants to give a voice to the coordinators and not necessarily that they're cooking up everything like defensively. I'm pretty confident that Gerard Mayo knows what the hell he wants to do. Right. I mean, I, I think that's kind of obvious. This is all offensively. Well, I mean, he could he could want to tweak. He, he could think that Bill's system was outdated and he yeah. could be like, you know, but, we're going to be we're, we're going to get faster. We're going to get fast guys. Right. But my, my point know. is nobody's doubting Gerard Mayo's ability to, you know, define a defense. I, I think we're all confident that, yeah, there might be tweaks to what they've done, but he knows what the hell he's doing on that side. Offensively, he might have a big vision of like what he wants to do. And again, I agree with you. I agree with you that he should have given us something 
yesterday, and he gave us nothing. But what I'm saying is maybe because that's not really his comfort level and that's not really his expertise, that he's going to allow the person who does have that expertise to clearly define what they're going to do. So that way, if people like you, Greg, or Evan Lazar or Phil Perry or Callahan, you know, they're really X's and O's kinds of guys that do that work. If, if Gerard says something offensively, that leads to another question. And maybe he just wanted to cover his ass, frankly. If he says, we're going to do this offensively, and Evan Lazar, you know, raises his arm and says, what are you going to do with the X receiver or something like that? <laughs> then Gerard might be in the spot of, oh, shit. I, and then look, then look dumb. So to kind of to kind of cover all bases and to be safe, you know what? I'm not going to get into anything offensively. I disagree with that tact. He should have given us some generalities, but maybe he was concerned about opening the door in looking like he has no idea because we all know Robert Kraft, Gerard Mayo, Jonathan Kraft, Robin Glade, they all know what's being said right now. And Mayo knows that the biggest, one of the biggest criticisms of his hiring is he's not an offensive guy. And if he goes out there and looks like an idiot when talking about offense, it is going to be miserable for him. Here's a, I agree with that. Here's what I would have counseled Gerard to say about offense. And, and this was on my questions list that I didn't get to. Of course, I wasted way too much time on like, 12 different questions, but should have gone full I would have, I'm telling you, go full Rochi. I should have. I should have been like, all right, Bob, why did you hire him when Mike Vrabel was out here? <laughs> Gerard, why did you? Okay. Um, so uh, what I would have, uh, what I was going to ask him was, Gerard, you have uh, coordinated against some of the best offenses in the NFL over the years. Could we see a situation where, uh, are you intrigued by the outside offenses? Yep. Uh, do you believe in the Patriots sort of style of offense? Do you believe in getting simpler? Do you believe in, you know, something along those lines? Like if he just would have said, look, at some point, if he just would have said, as far as I know, there's a, there, what he should have done was head it off because he knows it's coming. I know my background is in defense, but what also gives me that job also gives me the ability to out evaluate offensive schemes around yes. the NFL. And yes. I got to tell you, there's a lot of exciting stuff going around the league. We are going to explore all of that yes. uh, by talking to different people around the league, and then we'll see what's best for the New England Patriots. That's all he had to say. And that would have been fine. Completely agree with you. And if he went about it that way, it would have sounded better. It would have looked better. Mm -hmm. And I think people would have trusted the idea more, but I, I think yep. he was, I think he was concerned. This is my big day. This is my introduction. I know what people are thinking. If I leave myself open here and I don't want to say embarrass myself, but if I create even more questions, which he did, he ended up doing because he didn't get into really anything, which led to more questions but I do think there was probably some protection there in, in his mind of, I don't want to get into it because once I go down that road, it could get scary. All right. Head coaching search. You asked a question. Robert gave you the answer. It was a long answer. Your thoughts on what he had to say. 
Um, I understand the way he feels that way, why he feels the way that he does. Um, I didn't need to hear about his wives. Um, <laughs> you know, um, look, you know, and I even told him this after the press conference. I mean, look, he's got a great track record. Hopefully it, you know, and, and he believes in his gut, you know, his gut told him to fire Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was, went on to be a pretty good guy. I mean, like, I don't think he's been, I don't think his gut's been perfect over the years. Let's just say that. Right. Um, even though he likes to tout it, you know, at the end of the day, I, like I, I wanted more outside. I wanted more than just his gut. I wanted like some sort of anecdote about, you know, Gerard and, you know, I, the Israel trip in 2019. I mean, like it just, it, it wasn't a good enough answer to me. I don't see how you can be the steward that he portrays himself to be the new England Patriots and go in front of fans and say that they looked under every rock to determine who should succeed Bill Belichick. They didn't. At the end of the day, they did a search sort of like Bill Belichick does for offense coordinator and offensive line coaches. I did not like the answer on several different levels. I thought saying the Israeli trip in 2019 mm-hmm. was what? Two, two, 2019? So, like, when he was just starting out as a coach, you mm-hmm. felt like this could be the guy off of a, an Israeli kind of religious kind of, you know, spiritual trip? Okay. Um, I also just – Robert contradicted himself multiple times during the press conference, and – you know, when yep. you sit there and you say, you know, we're, we're willing to do things that are unorthodox and, you know, it's worked out pretty well for us the last 50 years. First of all, that came across to me a little Belichickian when Belichick was asked about why should fans trust you on this or whatever. And he gave that smarmy, well, you know, 20 years answer. It, it was that was shades of Belichick with that answer of, you know, the last 50 years it's worked. So let's let's go. And And he also talked about how they do things a little bit differently and they have, you know, strategically long-term, they don't like to have, you know, things that require quick decisions. That's a red flag. Sometimes you got to make a quick decision. And I'm not saying that he's incapable of doing that, but you know, Mike Vrabel becomes available. Do you not talk to Vrabel because you don't think he's the right guy or you're personally uncomfortable with making quick decisions? Fair, fair question. And the other thing that he said, Greg, he he Rick James himself for the Chappelle fans. They'll know what I'm talking about, the couch. But he, he Rick James himself a little bit here because when he, he's talking about the intent the intent to appoint a GM, said, We want to see what we have in house. Look what's out there. He then said, We don't have a fixed formula. Followed up by, We know what's worked for us in the past, and that's what we're going to do in the future. Is that not the definition of fixed formula? You 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 learn from what you he spent the entire press conference telling you and everybody else, hey, this is what we've done for 50 years in our businesses. This is why we run the businesses the way we run them, including the Patriots, but we don't have a fixed formula. I didn't get it. Yeah, didn't he also make reference to about how, and I was just trying to look at it, where you know, he talked out of both sides of his mouth where he says, like, they love to, like, promote from within and evaluate what they have on the outside. But they also evaluate, like, the best candidates from the outside. Like, I yes. didn't 
I, didn't he say something along those lines? I didn't get that. He he talked a lot. So he was asked about how the, that was who will have the final say. And mm-hmm. he said, we'll start interviewing people from the outside. And then went on to say, we like to get continuity in our company. So, okay. So again, you, you're going to interview people from the outside, but you talked about continuity and people want to stay with you long-term and pretty much promoting from within. So there, there was, there was some mixed messages there. All right. Uh, before we get into our quick run of picks here for this weekend, check the guys out over at BSJ 50 bucks for the year, Bedard, Giardi, Corrales, and others doing some great work there. And also I remind you that the uh, episode that you're listening to is brought to you by FanDuel exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS media network. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. All right, quick run through these divisional games, Ravens, Texans in Baltimore, Ravens minus nine and a half. So uh, this second round, I'm always, I'm always uh, wary of teams that look really good in the first round and people get all too excited about it. Then they fall on their face. I mean, but I do think, look, we've talked about it before. I think John Harbaugh and the Ravens are a, just a choky franchise. I think that they, they way overthink things. Um, if it's incumbent upon the Texans to punch, if they can punch them in the mouth early, the Ravens are going to be staggered. So I, I like the Ravens in the game, but I'm not – I'm taking the Texans with the point spread of nine and a half. This is tough. You know, C.J. Shroud on the road. He's been terrific all year long. Ravens defense is good. Mike McDonald is out there singing, take it to the streets while he's coordinating the defense, which is very, 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 I think, impressive when you can be – a lead singer and, and still do your job as a DC, <laughs> but the, the, the minus the minus nine and a half, it's a pretty big number. It really is. And I'll, I'll go at Houston with the plus nine and a half, but I do think Baltimore wins Niners minus nine and a half against the green Bay Packers. I'm probably going to regret this, but the Packers have zero chance. Like it was one thing for <laughs> Joe Barry to do what he did against the Cowboys there is no way in hell the Packers are stopping the 49ers offense with a week off and Kyle Shanahan's all this time. They're going to get uh they're going to get motorboated. Uh so I got I got the Niners big in the, that game. Lay the points. Lions, Buccaneers, minus six and a half. Detroit gets a second playoff game at home this uh this postseason. Very, very interesting. Um I like I don't know if I like the Bucks outright, but uh, it's at least going to be the close game. So I- I'm going with the Bucks uh, plus six and a half. Gosh, damn it! We agree so much. I think the Lions win, <laughs> but I do think it's close. All right, and then we wrap, field goal. we wrap it up with the big boy Bills Chiefs. Oof. Bills minus two and a half. Seems like there's uh, going to be some weather there possibly this weekend yet again. Man, I don't know about this. Let me let you go first. All right, so this is Mahomes' first playoff game away from Kansas City. We've On the heard road. a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Bills have a lot of injuries. <laughs> that That's the unknown. Yeah. Their secondary, their second level is just absolutely destroyed. The Chiefs have questions offensively. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I, I, it's such a tough game to call, but I'm going to go Buffalo. Kansas City's defense is good, but uh, I think Travis Kelsey is worn out. I think the Bills will do enough, and they'll win by a field goal. So I am going to go. I think you made a great point about the Bills. The Bills' in, in injuries on on defense have just been ridiculous. Um, so I think that that evens things out a little bit. Um, I think that Spagnolo. They, it, I think that he's going to have a great plan against Josh Allen, who I don't think has been playing well. Um, he played well last week, but in general, over the last couple of months, I don't think he's played well. Yeah, he's been dealing with like an elbow thing or something. We all know how, what I thought about how he played against the Patriots, um, which I thought was straight garbage. Uh, I think that Spags is going to have a really good plan. I think that Mahomes is just Mahomes, and I think that uh, I think that the Chiefs are going to win again to just give the Patriots fans a lot more anxiety about how they're coming for the Patriots, and and Mahomes is coming for Brady. You're probably right. You suck. He's Greg. I'm Nick. (laughs) Everybody enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football. We're back early next week with, I'm sure, something to talk about. I mean, this is kind of a bananas news period. So hopefully all of you enjoyed this. Again, have some fun this weekend. Until next week, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavill.